Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets? Welcome to another special delivery of Fan Bros. Uh, This is your boy Chico Leo, formerly the Brooklyn Wookiee, now the Jaguar Prince as of this weekend, and I'm joined by none other than Kim Sonian. Yo, yo, what's up, Chico? I'm, uh... I'm making a special guest appearance in your space pod. That's what it is. So uh, we had a real crazy weekend this weekend at Comic-Con. We were, you know, jumping from space pod to space pod and panel to panel and room to room. Uh, There's going to be a lot uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, on the website, on the podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, We had a lot of, you know, we were like Hydra out there this weekend and we had tendrils in almost every uh yeah we had we had a hand in every pie at comic-con so to speak um but uh so really just tonight we're going to talk about uh boardwalk empire and the walking dead of course tonight was the premiere of the walking dead uh the episode was called no sanctuary i've always felt whatever criticisms i've had of the walking dead that they've had extremely strong premieres um, and this was definitely no exception. Um, I, th- I thought this was a really great, great episode. Uh, what, what, did, what did you think, uh, Kimson? I think out the box, they just proved to everybody that they can go to a new level each time. Um, you know, the whole opening sequence, pre-credit sequence is just so strong. I really felt like the trough thing about like uh you know this is how that we slaughter the cattle this is how we prep the food you know we introduced sanctuary with this woman grilling steaks and we all knew that i mean not sanctuary terminus you know um that that she was grilling steaks and we all knew that there are no steaks to be grilled in the zombie apocalypse so it had to be people of course turns out it was and uh this time we actually got to see how the sausage gets made, so to speak. And and they definitely added another level with the little bookend um, uh, showing that, in fact, you know, uh, Terminus had begun with the best of intentions. They had let the wrong people in, the wrong people, you know, basically raped and murdered them and they fought back. And you can see how in that world... Um, you know, our heroes are basically constantly battling that as we saw this, uh, this episode with Tyrese, uh, sort of, you know, refusing to kill again and Glenn sort of reminding Rick, you know, about, you know, their humanity. This is, you know, this is who we still are. Um, but they're definitely, you can definitely see anyone being in that situation and definitely taking the attitude that, you know, at this point in this world, there's only cattle and butchers and you can choose to be the cattle or you can choose to be the butchers. And, um, you know, our heroes are faced with those choices, but have managed to, for the most part, at least skirt the line. Um, but yes, I, I definitely thought um, and there was also I just wanted to point out there was a lot, even though there was a little bit of dialogue, there was a lot that went on where there was actually no dialogue. And it was like really cinematic where you're watching people do things and move through rooms and find things. And uh, I, I just thought I thought it was really well directed. 
I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to a new season. Like I always am after the, uh, after the premiere, when it comes to the walking dead, they, they definitely do. And I agree with you that they, uh, they raise the, they raise the level, they raise the stakes, they raise them each time. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the director, Greg Nicotero, who's also an executive producer, you know, master of horror effects and kind of master of, uh, suspense and, and this kind of thing. And it was also written by the showrunner, Scott Gimple. And uh, so you had the two, basically the biggest heavyweights of the series, you know, um, doing exactly what they do best. And you had some really close up zombie face eating. You had, you know, practical blood being spewed out from the neck. Uh, you know, you had, uh, it was a lot of less, uh, much less visual effects and a lot more practical effects. And I know um, Nicotero comes from that school. So you have, you had a lot of blood in this one and it was, it was very in your face and, you know, people being left to be eaten by zombies without remorse. I felt like Rick definitely was in butcher mode rather than, you know, cattle mode, I guess. And uh, well, what one could argue that in fact, not killing them, you're basically leaving them to regroup and eat other people. Um, and so in that sense, you know, th there's a, a certain nobility in actually taking them out. Um, I, I, yeah, one could argue um, as far as Rick's point of view. Um, I actually also just as I, I found the uh, the family reunions to be very moving at the end when Tyrese and his sister and obviously Rick and Judith and uh, and Carl. Right, right, right. So there, you know, there was some humanity. Yeah, I mean, and and interestingly enough, it was like overwrought with humanity. Usually, they don't sap it out that way. I felt like, oh, here's a, a good two minutes where we're gonna smile straight through. You know, uh, I don't need to look over anybody's back. You know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, sometimes you're just hesitant to relax because somebody just might jump out the bushes or something. Um, I did like one uh, visual that was really stood out to me that they teased um, earlier in the year was the flaming zombies. Any anytime you have zombies on fire walking around, I always like that extra level. I think they they kind of did that uh, um, last season, um, but uh, I, I I thought that was a really strong visual. Um, I, absolutely no, I, I really d I dug the, uh, the the zombies on fire. Something else that jumped out at me, and I actually thought I thought it was a very cinematic episode, but something that I thought, and in a positive way, almost recalled um, comic books was the, early on in the sequence when the when the the people who haven't been dragged to the trow, when like our heroes who are still in the train car are sort of making, you know, and they're making weapons. Oh, I guess it was before because Rick was making weapons too. When they're all, like, making weapons and, and doing their own thing and there was no dialogue and it was just sort of these quick cuts, I could almost imagine it being, like, two nine-panel double-page spread. Like, you know, just each each panel is just like you know one one hand you know fashioning claws with a with a leather thing to their hand and another one you know scratching a nail into something it just i i thought it was real and, and it just you know the the i haven't read the comic but you know as we all know the walking dead has its origins in comics and so it's sort of nice when they do i don't know i don't know i could be reading a lot into it to say it was sort of a formulaic callback but it made me think of like a a cool little like comic book sequence where you're just seeing like you know hands and legs and you know whatever getting ready for battle yeah i mean you know there was a rhythm to the show 
um, both in the editing and in the acting, but then also in the story. What I what I really liked was Carol's slow burn, like her her return to redemption. You know, she was single minded in how she was. A lot of the the other characters were like pushed to their limit, and and you know Rick was in full battle mode or whatever, and then Glenn has to reel him back in. So it's a constant tug of war of like good and bad. But Carol seemed to be on a very uh, even keel, um, maybe until the end when she saw Daryl again. But it seemed like she now has you know redeemed herself. For I agree. Kill- I agree. Killing the two uh, diseased people back at the prison, and uh, she saved the day basically by blowing stuff up and in front of everybody, you know? So now everybody's very clear um, that, you know, Carol has a good heart or Carol can turn things around for now. You know, it's the first episode of the season. Everybody's back together. Who knows where it's going to go from here? Uh, I heard Scott Gimple say the showrunner say that he's going to, you know, dip and dab in the comics a little more. So I'm sure Ben's going to be happy about that since he's a big walking dead comic book fan. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, to that extent, I really felt that the way they kind of played her up was, was exceptional. You know, I don't really like Carol and today I liked Carol. I thought she, it was so badass when she was with the zombies, when she put the poncho on and the blood. I actually thought she looked like Clint Eastwood in the uh, Sergio Leone movies, like coming down the field with the, you know, with, with, with her poncho, you know, blowing in the wind. And yeah, no, they gave her a really, really badass sequence after, you know, definitely making, you know, sketching her out a little bit, making it seem, I mean, she might have... She definitely was over the edge a little bit, you know, in the last couple of seasons. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I give this one, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give it a 9.5, you know, like, a, a, you know, only because I don't want to say 10 because it can, it can, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put a ceiling on it. But this was a great episode. Yeah, it was it was really good. The other thing was the expectation for this season is so high. I don't know, you know, here at Fan Bros, we've been covering Walking Dead for the past year, I mean, uh, you know, two years since the show's yeah. started. But, you know, what's amazing is that I think this is the one show that I know of that's gaining more and more popularity. And well, more I think it's getting more. better and better. That as well. So yeah. I don't know so how that's many shows a, do that, you know. And it's Well, I, one idea I have is that they're, they're you know, I think – they killed a lot of the really annoying characters and that for the most part, I, I, I like the majority of the characters in the show and it has a pretty big cast is like, you know, at least 12, 13 characters on the show. And I liked most of them, whereas in the first season there were 12 or 13 characters and I liked three or four and I didn't like a lot of them. And most of those characters have died. And so I, I think that's, you know, they've they've added characters and then killed them and they've added characters and kept them. And for the most part, um, I, I think this is like this is like their strongest lineup. So that helps a lot because they're in such a such dire straits all the time that you really want to care about the characters. Um, and I was and I just wanted to say, you know, that little thing at the end there, I, I, I do agree with you. they don't normally do that. But after such an unrelenting both just like in pace and in grit and and grime and griminess, you know. I thought it it you know it was a well deserved little sort of like at the end of True Detective they had a you know a little nice moment or a few moments there you know after this sort of unrelenting you know grime and you know 
nastiness. Yeah, and that's in the past they haven't those came off a little sappy to me. For some reason tonight they were done it was done in a really interesting way. Maybe that they didn't really hang on it too much. They also did tease, I believe post credits, the uh, return of the dad from the first episode and who we caught up to I forget if it was last season or the season before that. Right. Um, in, a, who, in an episode written by Scott Gimple. Right. So I, he might have a thing for that character, but uh, I really dig that he's still in the mix and uh, that he's going to be, you know, in the season. Um, and he kind of had lost his mind with that city at that point. He had totally wired up his own kind of little town to be zombie proof. And then we kind of had to leave him there. But now was his son? Like, did his son die, or was his son he, still alive when he no, was? His, old? his son had died at that point. Right, um, that's right. Okay, I, I just from, couldn't remember. From uh, what I remember, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's very, it's worth going back even and listening to how we talked about The Walking Dead back. Uh, there was, there was a frustration uh, on our parts because I think we wanted it to be better, and I feel like it's, it is better. I mean, if you can go back, because Walking Dead was the first show that we covered and they've had these mini you know these seasons that have been more frequent than other shows maybe a little shorter but more frequent so it's been three or four sequences and uh, seasons rather and uh i just think you know the the show has gotten better and better and we're we're more and more into it i mean i think at a point we were talking about walking dead like the way we're talking about true blood and then true blood got worse and walking dead dead got much better Right, exactly. And yeah, I was never the True Blood, you know, fan. But uh, I mean, I, I started, I hoped, you know, but then it, it went into a totally different genre. Great thing about The Walking Dead is it stays true to what it is. And then it actually expands on that and is able to tell the story, the inner story of the characters and the outer story, the overall kind of the 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 whole mega traveling thing that they're going to be on now like they have a destination they have a purpose but everybody still has things that they're holding on to and that's a great way to start a season cuz you can write in any direction anybody is still a loose cannon and right now we're feeling good but you know i'm assuming the whole thing's going to fall apart well and they're on the road again they haven't been on the road for a while and it's you know being out in the road when there's you know not just you know zombies walking around you have to deal with nature and food and shelter other and all people that. And the, yeah, other the people thing. are the worst in this right yeah. right other people who want to be the butchers and make you the cattle Right, exactly. I mean, you know, that was like, those are great lines. You can't go wrong with that. That's going to be the whole, I mean, that's the metaphor for the whole idea of existence in the zombie apocalypse. I mean, right. to what limit do you push yourself? Do you kill everybody? Do, who do you trust? Where's the gray fine line? And everybody's already dying, to, essentially, because they're all infected. So, it, it you know, life is super, super uh, precious and fragile, and so that's why the relationships become even more important. And they're really aware of that in the writing, I believe. And, and they're not, um, but they don't need to state it. They just show it through the characters. So, yeah, kudos to The Walking Dead, definitely for this first episode. So we also had tonight um, uh, Boardwalk Empire. I have to say I haven't been as uh, psyched about both shows that we've reviewed on a Sunday night in quite in quite a while because I I actually also thought Boardwalk Empire I thought this was probably the strongest episode of the season and that it, it's basically this season has just been getting better and better with maybe a little bit of a dip and in, in, in there was one really slow episode 
Um, you know, like maybe it was the fourth or fifth. But um, this one, I mean, this one was, uh, you know, we had two major character deaths. We had some really, really tense scenes. I mean, all the stuff with Al Capone and, um, you know, Michael Shannon's character and Nucky's brother and, and Al Capone's brother all, all that stuff I thought was real, you know, and then the agent, the the FBI, you know, the FBI guy, uh, that was all I thought really, really pretty tense. Yeah, I um, mean, the, I, I, again, this show has the best cinematography. I mean, the way it's shot yeah. is just incredible. And I, I guess my struggle with the show is how many gangster films has it ripped off? How many, you know, I mean, it's still its own thing, but there are some tried and true conventions that it is using and cribbing from. And right. so sometimes that me personally, it gets kind of gets to me, but it's well done. You know, I have to say this episode was pretty intense and also, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, you already mentioned it, but you know, two major cast members since the beginning of yeah. the show, you know, uh, both of whom are fan favorites, both of whom are fan favorites. And I have to say, both of whom put on like numbers wise, as far as performances go, Michael Shannon's performance is unreal in this series. It really is. As well as, uh, you know, uh, as as Chalky. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Michael K. K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. I mean, these guys are, are like killing it every week every episode that they're in unfortunately sometimes there's no chalky in the story and from now on you know spoiler right. alert again r.i.p chalky he went out like a g you know sacrificed his life for to save the life of his loved one and her daughter um and he just gave himself up to dr narcisse and so that narcisse could uh you know release it his whole daughter Maitland his right exactly um now I that doubles with sort of what you were talking about with Carol because ultimately at the end of the day um Chalky there's there needed some redemption because of the death of his daughter I mean he put the sniper in the rafters I mean it was totally accidental but he last you know two seasons ago or no last season he put a sniper in the rafters uh, who I actually saw someone cosplaying as that dude uh, today at, at Comic-Con. But um, he put a sniper in the rafters who was sh- going to shoot Narcisse, and um, Chalky's daughter's head got in the way and uh, at the wrong moment. And so in some sense, Chalky's got to feel a huge amount of remorse and self-hatred for that. And so in his self-sacrifice, in addition to freeing daughter Maitland and I believe we're led to believe his daughter via daughter Maitland. Right. Did I mean, did you get the sense they, of that that? Yeah. They hinted at it, but they didn't, you know, they didn't pronounce it, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that, but even if it wasn't, it was. there was a sense that he called her baby girl, the way he referred to his own daughter as baby right, girl. Right. And right. we definitely saw in, in the earlier episode where he and the other con took the, uh, took the house over, that there was some conversation about his daughter and it's clearly i mean i think that was meant to foreshadow that you know he had un, un unresolved business regarding that and so i feel like yeah he went out 
I mean, they definitely he he went out a lot better than a lot of characters on this show do. Um, right, right, and he I mean he was dignified. He had a smile. It was almost like a firing squad setup. He had a smile. Now Michael Shannon's character, on the other hand, Van Alden's character. I mean, was that's the way? I mean, a great- yeah. You just get shot in the face, and you're that <laughs> you don't know what's up. But at the height of your own fury, you know, he was like possessed by his old self, right? And he, you know, you know, his honor towards his badge just overcame him, and he just jumps on Al Capone in right. Al Capone's house with Al Capone's henchmen just right there, armed right. to the teeth. And yeah, he just half of his face got blown off, and you know, that's how he goes out. But um. Yeah, yeah some I, mean, of, I mean, he really was an amazing presence on this show as well. I mean, both of them were, but uh, it's it is. I mean, you know, they're winding down. Um, they've they've literally got like uh, you know two episodes. Excuse me, <laughs> they've got like two episodes left, and um, you know, I guess they're 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 clearing the boards. Nucky himself didn't have much to do this episode except get drunk with some hookers who I really felt all along were gonna roll him. Uh, and they did end up rolling him. Um, there was some great flashback stuff. I, I got to give them a lot of credit for the casting on the guy they cast as the young Nucky. Um, and so yeah. we're really, it's all coming full circle. We've seen, uh, you know, Nucky meet Jillian Darmody. Um, you know, Nucky has met his wife. She's going to be pregnant. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, the you know, the flashbacks are all starting. It's starting to cohere a little more. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess they're clearing the decks for the final couple of episodes, but, um, Boardwalk Empire, definitely, unless they really screw the pooch, which I don't think they will. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, this one, it, it might not get the highest of marks in terms of like the wire or breaking bad, but this is, this, this is a, a, a really respectable, you know, show. I mean, I taking into account what you said about, you know, one could call them homages to uh gangster, uh, gangster conventions um you know it definitely is not you know it's not breaking any new ground but it is telling uh you know some some wildly interesting stories in a aesthetically pleasing way you know there's great acting great cinematography great production design i mean it's really this or game of thrones are the two best looking shows on tv right i there are a couple other shows that that look good but i mean these are just other level for television. It's just yeah. a completely different level. And and everything looks so right, you know, like the nothing looks out of place, nothing looks fake. You know, the the period piece is just so solid. It's just the storytelling is where I kinda you know, and I'm an older guy, maybe I've seen a few uh, gangster films in my day, so I do see how they're lifting some techniques and stuff. But that said, you know, it's definitely more entertaining than, I don't know, Extant or, you know, Resurrection second season, which I haven't seen or cared to see. Um, but, you know. Well, you will have an opportunity to see Extant's uh, new season because that has been renewed. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Extant has been renewed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe they can get some of the writers from uh I don't know, let's from say, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, or even Spartacus, like, you know, somebody to like jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Let's throw in some some blood. Get a get a walking dead like story editor to show run Xtand or something. I don't know. Cross promotion there, but uh something. They got to they got to pump that one up, man. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I well, a lot of the people from Boardwalk Empire, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese shot a pilot for a show, and the pilot was written by Terrence Winter, who's the showrunner for um, and the executive producer for Boardwalk Empire, and it's about the uh, like rock and roll music industry in the '70s in New York. So I'm assuming that that's going to get picked up, and apparently a lot of the people from Boardwalk Empire are going to be involved in that. And so, you know, frankly, at this point, something in the 70s is almost as much of a period piece as, uh, that's true. you know, something in the 20s and 30s. That's true. That's very true. So Maybe we could be, be talking uh, about that next year. Yeah, yeah, that would be great, though. I mean, because the music is going to be fantastic in that one. So Right. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, that it's well. One, one would one would hope, and Scorsese actually does have a history, at least, of uh, you know, <clears throat> using you know, certainly early on, using you know, doing really good stuff with soundtracks and sure, uh, sure, um, you know, different kinds of music too. I mean, like the classical music, the you know, is it opera or classical music in Raging Bull, and of course, Mean Streets has one of the most sensational soundtracks and. Opens up with, uh, is it the Ronettes, Be My Baby? Just right. that kick drum. Yeah, so, you know, he, he's gotten, and he's used Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones in three different movies, which is a dope song, but I hope to never hear in any movie ever again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. so far it looks like this fall is going to be good. Um, yep. You know, the Gotham is still, you know, afloat. That's still on the radar. Um, Sleepy it's Hollow the- kicked it off. I oh yeah, you guys might have mentioned that. Um, so you know, we can we can keep that going once Boardwalk kind of settles down. Homeland kicked in also. So yep, everything- yep. I've been so- watching Homeland, and uh, I got to tell you, I'm starting to lose a little a little bit of uh, confidence and patience in Gotham because at this point they should just rename the show. Penguin and Fish Mooney, because they're both bringing it, but everyone else isn't. And again, I, I don't blame any of the actors. I think maybe a little, some some of it's the writing or the directing, but they got to really step it up as far as I'm concerned with uh, Bullock and, and Gordon. That was the thing that I was the least worried about about the show, because I like both those actors. Um, I like the kid playing the young Bruce Wayne. I like Alfred. They haven't been featured that much, but... Um, they they had they had some nice stuff last uh, last episode. Um, I, I I'm I'm willing to give it time. Um, Arrow started up again and Flash premiered, so we're really an Agents of Shield, which I'm not watching. But so we're really you know it's it's hot and heavy. There's no doubt. <laughs> I'll let you use that word. Um, but anyway, real quick, Chico, I wanted to say you know thanks for this weekend. The Fambros at Comic-Con was on fire. I think we uh, we definitely leveled up, as uh, they say, in the uh, fandom world. Um, but stay tuned for a lot of the updates that are coming. We are sorting all our media and getting it ready to post. We got some great interviews. Uh, but Chico, real quick, what was your favorite moment from Comic-Con this weekend? I mean, that that's I, I'm I'm honestly not. I mean, that's that's very difficult to say. There were a lot. It was uh, it. Thank you. I mean, it, it was an incredible, uh, unforgettable weekend. Um, I will say this. Uh, you know, I did mention this in a text. Actually, after we left Comic Con, I had actually won a Leonardo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stand up from a booth that basically didn't want to take it home. Um, and so they did a little trivia thing and I happened to be there for that. But, um, 
on the way home, an older woman, an older Chinese woman on the train uh, did try and take my stand-up from me, not once, but twice, uh, tried to run off uh, with it. And uh, the whole scene, we were surrounded by actually um, deaf Hasidic people who were also f- who were freaked out by the commotion and definitely were sort of signing, you know, you know, letting everyone letting each other know what was going on. Uh, but it was a, it was a pretty crazy scene. That was definitely not my favorite scene. But considering it was my <laughs> last Comic-Con related scene, it can give people an idea that, you know, yeah, I mean, I went from definitely discussing like Thanagarian politics with Hawkman and uh, actually running into Rob Stark, who I thought was, you know, had been violently murdered and beheaded, you know, uh, you know, spending a weekend with people like that and then actually, you know, having my own little Gotham moment on the train, you know, there, there, there was a lot going on. I also just to shout out, we had uh, definitely there were uh, all the fan bros were there. And so we had super soldiers coming in for from uh from distant distant lands and distant locales and so that's what made it so that we could be so hydra like this uh this yes, weekend definitely well um, so to- shouts and salutes to them especially but yeah everybody was you know and ben amin was definitely like the iron willed uh you know Captain leading the charge, running out of the foxhole, you know, throwing grenades. People are throwing grenades at him. He's, you know, waving us forward, you know, biting the biting the pins from the grenades with his teeth. You know, it was all it was all uh, it was all very intense. It was all it seems like it seems like uh, Saving Private Ryan. Is that what yeah, well, was Saving was? Private Ryan? And then there were then there were the scenes where we were waiting by the charging booth for someone who had a. <laughs> A camera or someone who had a mic, but uh, yes, in in the moments, so yes, like Saving Private Ryan, there were moments of downtime and then moments of of terror and uh, and and courage and bravery. There you go. All right, well that sums it up for Comic Con. I think so. All right, Chico. All right, so I guess that's it for this week. Uh, you know, keep uh, definitely keep tuned to fanbros.com. Um, check, you know, check, check your Twitter stream, you know, at, at Fambro's show. There's going to be a lot coming at you in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Not sure how, how we're going to be doling it out, but, uh, yeah, there, there was, there was a lot, um, that, uh, I think people are going to be psyched to see and hear in, in the coming weeks. And so I guess that's it for this week for a special delivery. All right. Take care. All right. Peace out. Separate the fan bros. Fan bros.
is brought to you from the mothership, rightly dubbed the Loud Speakers Network. Ben Rose, take Show.